Coming closer. Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> I just want this front row to really hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear your spit. <laughs> I'll give you some distance. <laughs> ah, God's so good, isn't he? Wow. So good to see everyone. You know, I just love coming. I love coming to church. And, and, and just seeing all you good people and... and just I look around and see the grace of God on all of you. Yeah. Isn't God good? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he has just blessed us. And, and you come in and, uh, you know, some of your stories I know, and, and, and they're amazing stories of what God has done in, in, in our lives. And so it's just a joy to be together and, and, and to be sharing. Um, we've been on um, the Roman road, as, as, as you know, and... Uh, We've had some great messages. Yep. Pastor Paul talked about taking a step and taking a knee and then talked about taking a look and taking a seat and all those things about our place in Christ. And then Pastor Howie, some of you remember, he preached to us on Romans chapter 6 about uh, the things that we know, knowing this, that our old life was crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. And then he talked about reckoning, that knowing what we know, we need to reckon it to be true, yeah? Reckon it, that we are seated with Christ, that we are alive in him, that sin shall not have dominion over us, and we need to reckon on those things and, and, and because God has guaranteed them. And then he talked about presenting ourselves. You know, in our life, we can present ourselves to whomever, but it's a great thing when we present ourselves to God. Hallelujah. And so that's been a rich thing. Pastor Ruth then brought a message on how to reign in life from Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. That how much more shall those who have received an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, how much more will we be able to reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ? And, and he talked, she talked about uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who am I and what is my call? Yeah. So who, are, who And she talked about who we are when we give our lives to the Lord and, and how good is that. And, and the call of God. And, and there's many here sitting here that carry a call of the Lord on your life. And, and so we've got to about Romans chapter 8. And I want to take a few things uh, on from there, Romans chapter 9 through the thing. And I've just picked uh, four different things. And uh, I, I just want to say that this, this message today is for those who want to excel in their life. Uh, if, you, if you want to pursue the call of God, then what I'm going to share today becomes very important to you. If you just want to be average, then have a snooze because you could get upset on the journey. <laughs> because some of the things that Paul writes in Romans are quite challenging. And right up in your face, you know. And, and there comes a time when we need, if we want to keep pursuing God and go after him, that we need to face up to some of those things. And, and say, look, I really want to excel in the Lord. And um, the things I, I want to share today, it, it's God is saying, listen, I, I love you to bits. I really love each of my children you know, he doesn't have a special favorite child. We're all his favorites. We're all, all, all favorite kids in the family, yeah. And, and, and 
He's just saying to us, I really want the best for you. I, I love you with an unfailing love, an unconditional love, and, and I created you, and I know how you can maximise your life on earth and how you can maximise your preparation for eternity. And he just says, trust me. Trust me. <laughs> and we have to come to those sorts of points in our lives. Perhaps today is a bit of meat, not just milk. So put your seatbelts on and get ready. Paul's trying to help the people in Rome, the Christians in Rome, to adjust their way of living. He's trying to help them to be more like Jesus than they've been before. And he's saying to us, please, please, folks, please, please live the way that Jesus shows us how to live. This is the pathway to real blessing and to real living. The Ten Commandments are written there. And it's not as God saying, the Ten Commandments is not God saying, listen, if you do this, I'll whack you. If you, if you, don't, if you break these, I'm going to whack you. And some people think that God's like that. He's like a, 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 a real serious father. And, and, and okay, the, the, they are ten commandments, not ten suggestions. Yeah. But at the same time, these are things that God is saying, hey, if you will live this way, you will really live. Yeah. You, will, you will just be so blessed. And he's saying, he's giving us keys to life in these things. And sometimes our flesh might complain. Our soul might argue the point with God. And so we need to face some of those sorts of things. And God is simply saying to you and I, trust me. He says, the just, those who are following Jesus will live by faith and not by sight. He's saying, please don't go down some of those other pathways. Don't go down those. I can hear the, the heart of Father God to his kids say, please, you know what you're like, you who are mums and dads? What you've said is, please don't go down. We who are teachers, you know, in our school, please don't go down those pathways. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, Solomon writes this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in the way of death. And here God in our readings today just saying, Hey folks, I'm showing you some things this morning that will help you incredibly if you want to excel. If you want to go for it. If you want to become more like Jesus than you've ever been before, then here's some things Paul is saying, and I've picked up these things, and as a one who's been around for a little while now and walked with Jesus, I say, yeah, Paul, you're right. You're right. And the first thing I want to talk about, and there's four things. The first thing I want to talk about is somewhere along the line in our Christian walk, we have to face the point that God is sovereign, that he is God. 
And he may not always explain to you and I why things happen. Or he may just, there's a mystery about God. And we have to face that God is God, hallelujah. And we might not get it all the time about what he's doing. And so we learn to to say, well, Lord, you're God and I'm me and I trust you. And so here's the scripture. We pick it up in in Romans chapter 9 and verse 14 through to 21. We just pray at this point, shall we? Holy Spirit, I really need you here. We all need you, Lord, to be able to understand more of you and who you are and, and, and how you do things. And Lord, we're amongst those group of your sons and daughters who are really keen to pursue you. We're really keen to, 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 to maximize our walk with you. Bottom line, Lord, we want to become more like Jesus than we've been before. And we need your help, Holy Spirit, to do this. And so as we read your word together, I pray that you'll speak to us and help us to receive gladly the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What then shall we say? Is this up here? Can we have Romans 9? Here it comes. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? It's going quiet in here. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use. Now there's a few questions for you. And somewhere along the line, we just have to understand that he is God and it'll all work out right in the end. But it takes faith to trust God like that because we don't always see the end from the beginning. We don't always understand what God is doing in the molding of our lives. And it raises questions for us. And it's not easy. And I have found that it is a great thing to know that God is God and he does all things well. And that he's a good God. And that he loves us with an unfailing love. And he cares about us. Hallelujah. But he doesn't explain everything to us in the way that we think it should be explained so we can grapple with it in our little brains here. And if we... (laughs) You imagine our little brain trying to understand all of God. You know, there's going to be an explosion in there sometimes. And when we do want and demand answers and fret about the things that are happening, there's usually a bit of a downturn and an explosion and God says trust me 
I love you. I love you. I care about you. I see what you're going through, but I'm working on it. Hallelujah. His ways are not our ways. And somewhere along the line, we have to agree with that. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Isaiah says in that scripture, he says, God's ways are are higher than our ways. And praise God for that. Because some of our ways aren't brilliant. And he says, our thoughts, he says, my thoughts are, are way higher than your thoughts. And thank God for that as well, because some of our thoughts are pretty low. And it's not easy. But I'm learning that God's just such a good God. I can trust Him. The times I don't get it, I can just lean back and He holds me. And I've said to Him, it's okay, you don't have to explain everything to me. (laughs) I trust you because you're God. He's sovereign. There's often a mystery surrounding God. I've asked, I've wondered sometimes, why, why, why is it that some people are asked to go through incredibly tough challenges in their life here on earth and others seem to sail through? I've asked them, why, why do bad things happen to good people? And I've learned over many years now that there are just some things that are too hard for me to understand. And I bow the knee of my heart and I worship. And I come to rest in my soul and say, soul, trust the Lord. This is not easy, but God is a good God. Hallelujah. Wow. I understand this will be a revelation to some of you. I understand that I don't know everything. <laughs> I don't know everything. And, and more than that, I, I, I've come to the point where I don't need to know everything. He is God. I'm just his kid. I don't need to know everything. He knows everything. I can't see very far ahead. And I don't know all about the end from the beginning. I don't know what eternity will finally reveal when we get to heaven. All I think, when I get over to the other side, I'm going to be amazed (laughs) at how good God has been. Hallelujah. And how He actually was working on our tomorrow. Hallelujah and loved us with an unfailing love. And we're all called to walk different walks. But over there, in eternity, the hymn writer sang, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see him. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. So run the race. Hallelujah. And I'll see on that day that he's done everything right and good. And so today, I bow the knee of my heart and I worship him. 
And I say, Lord God Almighty, I trust you. And I tell you what, this understanding has saved me heaps of anxiety. <laughs> and has given me night's sleep that I wouldn't normally have had if I was tossing and turning and questioning God and wondering what on earth he's doing. And can't he do a better job than what he's doing at the moment? And so, all I know is that I can trust him. Hallelujah. Because he's a good God. So that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. He said, Ian, I want to excel in my walk with the Lord. I, I, I want to hit the mark. Okay, here's the second thing. Paul asks us to honor each other and respect the choices that each of us make. This too will lead you into a pathway of blessing. And so we come now to Romans chapter 14 and verses 1 to 6. Respect others and honor, honor others and respect the choices that other people make that may be different from me. Here it goes. Except the one whose faith is weak. Without quarreling, in other words, without passing judgment on other people because they're not as brilliant as you, over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt, or in other words, not look down on the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge or condemn uh, uh, the one who does. For God has accepted them. God has accepted them. Who, who, who are you to judge someone? Wait a minute, where I got to? Yes. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand. For the Lord's able to make them stand. They're going to be okay. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should just be fully convinced in their own mind what they're doing and why. Yeah? This is not actually... This, this, this is another couple of verses that I just put in there. Okay? This is all right? This is not scripture. This is just me. One person has a COVID jab... And another decides not to. One person drinks coffee and another doesn't. One person drinks wine and another doesn't. One person takes chemotherapy and another person chooses to have natural help. Whoever regards one day, here it goes again, as special, does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. And so we come down to verse 13. Therefore, let us... Is it up there? Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. 
Verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads you to peace and to mutual building up or edification. When someone chooses a different pathway than you do, what do you? What, the tendency in our human nature is to tear them down and say, well, you're wrong and I'm right. And we get so upset. We, we can get so upset about these things. And Paul is like, hey, hey, relax. Relax. People are different and people make different choices and it's okay. You just need to... If we talked about anything in this room, we'd all have different opinions. But when we get, does it matter? Well, you've got to be baptized by sprinkling. No, you've got to be immersed in water. Well, you're wrong. I'm going somewhere else. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't think so. Well, I'm not walking with you. And the body gets fragmented. And our hearts start to spoil over these sorts of issues. And Jesus said, you're all my kids. I love you all. You're all different. I made you different. Hang out with each other and enjoy each other and celebrate the differences. Enjoy everybody. Hallelujah. And don't let the old devils divide and break relationships. Hallelujah. In other words, relax. Relax. And enjoy that there's other ways of doing things. Romans chapter 15 and verse 7 says, Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. I've worked it out over the years. I don't need everyone else to live by my exalted sense of, of brilliant wisdom. That somehow we can, get, <laughs> that, that somehow we, we think we've got it all sussed. Yeah. If you have a different opinion from me, help yourself. Check it out though in the Word of God. Yeah. That's our measure, that's our stand. Number three. You all right? Hanging in there? So good. Number three. Do not conform to the pattern of the world. Okay? This is the third thing. You say, I want to excel. I want to become more like Jesus. Then don't conform to the ways of the world. Yeah? Okay, the scripture is Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Do you want to know what God's will is? Yeah. 
for your life? Do you want to just walk into God's will easy? I remember giving a prophecy over a person who was, who was concerned about the will of God and the Holy Spirit said to me, just tell them. It's as easy as stepping over a log. Just walk over it and into God's will. You say, how will I know it? Well, well don't, there's two things. Don't conform to this world. And be renewed or be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In three weeks, Sophie is going to talk about that bit. About how you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah? Three weeks time, three Sundays. Down the end of the month. Don't miss it. Over the years, it's my observation that the church in New Zealand is increasingly conforming to what the world does. It is possible that boundary lines are being slowly moved. The thing is, as Christians, we don't have to live like everybody else. We're different. We have different goals. We have different values. We have a different eternity. There's two things. There's two things that I've decided in my life that I will not conform to the pattern of this world. And you can, you, you can choose. This, this is just my observation over 70 years of being a Christian. Number one, I've decided that it is vitally important to me to be in the house of the Lord on the first day of the week, every week. My desire to worship God, my desire to be in His presence, to be under the town of the teaching of His Word, and to meet with people like you week after week is my honoring of the Lord, of putting Him first in my life, in my walk, in, my, in every part of me that I will be in the house of the Lord on the first day of every week because I want to be. Because I want to be like Jesus. I want to grow like Him. I honour Him. It's not a thing of God saying, you will be doing this. He doesn't say that. It's just that I, I, I want to excel. I, I want to get everything that God's giving if God's blessing, then I want to be blessed and I'll be in the queue for God's blessing at any point in time. Hallelujah. The desire, you know, when I come in here, yeah, I'm, I'm like a dad in this house. When you're missing in this house, I miss you. I miss you. I love to see you. And I think maybe God does too. Second thing, you ready? The second thing I've decided that not only will the first hours of my week will I honour God and be in His house, I'll be, if they had to go under the old covenant and turn up on Saturday, I'm under the new covenant. I love to turn up. 
Here's the second thing. I've also decided that the first part of my income will be available to him. That nothing, nothing will touch the first part of my income because I consider it to be God. And as soon as that money hits my bank account, hallelujah, 10% of it immediately is transferred into another account, hallelujah. Because I don't want to touch what's God's. You say, do you have to? No. (laughs) I just want to honour God. I just want to show Him that my treasure is together with my heart. Hallelujah. And if you look at our bank accounts, you know where your heart is. And I want to give the first part to the Lord because He has wonderfully over years and years. I remember when I was a little kid, I used to get two and six a week. Hands up those who remember two and six. 30p. And I said to my dad, Dad, please, can I have a threepence? Three pence is a threepence. It's 10%. I want to put it in the Sunday school offering. And I've done it consistently for 70-something years. And guess what? Don't you think that God can bless the other 90% in such a way that I've got no needs He supplies more than my needs. He supplies a whole lot of my wants as well. And we're challenged about it. And you don't have to do what I do, but you have to do something cheerfully. You have to decide who's who's leading the ship. Who's leading your life? Who do you trust? Where is your faith level? Hallelujah. Because God will teach you a whole lot of principles in your life through what you do with your money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of great stories I could tell you here for now a half an hour of miracles of God's provision. But it just comes out of consistently honouring the Lord with my first fruits. Hallelujah. All right. How are you going? The pattern of the world is we're living in hard times. Therefore, we better cut back on our giving. No, accelerate it. Hallelujah. Trust the Lord. What a great time to believe God. What a great time to trust Him. Jesus says this. The world says, better batten down. Jesus says, in my kingdom, give, and it will be given back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together, and it'll still run over. That's my story. That's my testimony over many years. That's Sophia's story. Over many years. Just keep doing it. There are times I've been tempted to cut back, but I fought off that temptation and kept doing what God has asked me to do. You ask him what would be good for you. The nation, I'm just going to nail it right here. Are you ready? Can you handle this? You see, when I was playing a lot of sport, I realised if I wanted to be in the champion team and playing at my best and the highest level I could achieve, I needed to dig in and discipline my life, yeah? There were things I couldn't eat. There were things I had to get up and train. I had to go for running. I had to get fit. I had to to do this. And you know what? It was a joy, Harley, most of the time. 
because I saw the goal. I saw, I wanted to be still running at the end of 90 minutes when everyone else was out of breath. I wanted to be a winner. And so I carried, I, I took on things. The nation of Israel was really struggling economically. They had a real depression time. They were struggling. And they're crying out to God. And they said, God, come on. What is happening here? Please, we need your help, God. Things are marginal right now. Lord, help me. They're crying out to God. He goes, okay. He answers them. Malachi chapter 3. You ready? Will a mortal man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may, may be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. Room enough. Open the floodgates of blessing, plenty. Yeah, there's more. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The old version said, I will rebuke the devourer. Mm -hmm. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe. In other words, you'll get full value for your, for your business and for your money and for your income. The things won't go wrong. Then the nations will call you blessed and yours will be delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So those two things, I will not conform to the world. I will keep giving God the first part of my week and I'll keep giving God the first part of my income and I'll trust his blessing because I'm pursuing God. I'm still pursuing him at this age. Boy, you've got all the years ahead. Get things running, hallelujah, so that you walk into the blessing of God and into the will of God. You know, hallelujah. He says, if you'll do these things and not conform, you can't miss the will of God. You'll never miss it. It'll just open up before you. He said, this is part of your sacrifice. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto the Lord. This is my worship of God. My being here this morning, and every morning we were away for the last couple of weeks, we had COVID, but we come through that. This is my worship to turn up here on Sunday. This is my worship to take my money and give it to the kingdom of God and to the building up of the church. This is my joy. Hallelujah, Lord. You say, why, Ian and Sophia, why are you to keep living in the blessing of God? Because I'm doing these things. I'm not bad-mouthing other people who do things different, and I'm trusting the sovereign God, and I'm living sacrificially, hallelujah, and putting him first in my life. And God keeps blessing us. Last thing, number four. How are you going? Take a breath. This is number four. Wake up. 
give the person a nudge next to you and say, wake up. I know he's been preaching for a long time, but wake him up for goodness sake. Wake up, wake up. Romans, we're still in Romans Road, remember? We're in Romans, here we go. Romans chapter 13 and verse 11 to 14. Hallelujah. Are you ready? And do this, understanding the time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night's nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of life. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Hallelujah. In other words, wake up. Get up. Wake up. Get up, hallelujah, and clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and run the race, hallelujah. You know it is possible, and it's, I've, I've been in this position myself, it's possible to slowly go to sleep as a Christian. Where once we used to be on the ball and excited about the Lord and, and, and following Him closely, Slowly, other things start to creep in, yeah? And slowly we begin to, uh what were you saying, Lord? I think you missed it. (laughs) You were asleep at the time. Wake up. Wake up. Proverbs 10 and verse 5. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. There's people outside our doors that need Jesus. We're living in days of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's harvest time. There's people that need you and I. Oh, going to sleep is not going to cost you your salvation, but it sure could cost someone else's. And I call you, as an elder in this church, I call you with all the love in my heart. And I believe with the heart of God. Say, come on, church, wake up. God's not doing that. God's not saying that to slap us around. He's saying, hey, I've got great things ahead for you. I've got a whole destiny that I want to unfold before you. I want you to touch people's lives. And if you sleep through it, you're going to wake up in three years' time and say, oh, my God, what was I doing? What on? Just gone to sleep. God said to the church at Laodicea, you used to love me with a fervent love. You used to be strong. You used to be joyful. You used to be walking hard. How come you've lost your first love? Wake up. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 6 says, So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake 
And it's helpful to be sober if you are awake. Last scripture, Ephesians 5, verse 14 through to 21. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Oh, I better read that again. Wake up, wake up, sleeper. Arise, hallelujah. Rise from the dead. Rise from anything that is dead, that is starting to bring death into your life, that is starting to bring you to rob you, that slowly you're just sleeping through things and the devil's gnawing away underneath, just stripping the growth from you. Just stopping the new buds from bursting out in the springtime of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And he said, rise. Awake up and arise. Hallelujah. And Christ will shine on you. Blessed be God. How good is that? That the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ would shine on my life. Isaiah 60 says, arise, shine. For the light of the glory of God has risen upon you. Hallelujah. But you've got to get up. You've got to wake up and you've got to get up. Hallelujah. And you've got to be ready. Hallelujah. And then you'll find the shining power and anointing and blessing and joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Will begin to shine upon your life and shine upon what you do in the works of your hands and things will begin to move and shift in the right direction. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Be careful then. Be very careful then, he says. Then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. The old version says, redeem the time. In other words, buy back the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. You say, how can I wake up? Here it comes. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another. Not, how come you don't get a jab? How come you drink coffee? How come you, why are you doing that? No, forget those things. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, So, Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Hallelujah. When last did you sing in the Spirit with your prayer language and worship God? Hallelujah. We were in the prayer meeting on Tuesday. There's only a few of us, but we began to sing in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We sang in tongues for, oh, and hallelujah. Christ shined on us. When last were you so filled with the joy of the Lord you couldn't get out? You were just laughing and skipping and dancing with the love of God. When last did you just bow at the foot of the cross and say, oh my God, Jesus, thank you for all that you've done for me. Hallelujah. That you begin to rejoice and recount what the Lord has done for us. And you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's the way to wake up. That's why if we don't do it, we get to sleep. Sing. And make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God. There's a key. The Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Then old Paul goes for the jugular and says, submit to one another. Honour one another. Righto, that's it.